When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yes, guys, I'm Sai. Welcome to Ace Podcast Nation. Welcome to the Cardiff City and Championship Show, where we talk all things Cardiff City with a little bit of uh, make a bit more noise, a little bit of Championship football uh, overall sprinkled in. Lots to discuss on the back of uh, Cardiff City versus Ipswich. It was a very entertaining game, very interesting game. Um, I think overall. You've got to look at it as what it is. There's some positives in there, but there's also, of course, some negatives. When you 2-0 up, you should go on to win the game, even though you're playing uh, you know, one of the form sides in the league and you're away from home and you know lots of things go into it. Did the manager make a mistake? I'm not sure, but we'll discuss it all. As always, if you've got any questions and questions subjects, whatever it may be, have your say, your views, get them in, and we shall chat away about all things Cardiff and the Championship. Um, just as we wait for some of the, the late comers to join the show and the join everything, uh, if you do have, uh, you know, if you want to support the channel a little bit more, you could become a member at patreon.com slash Nation for the price of a bag of chips per month. You get exclusive content, discount on merchandise, discount to tickets for live shows, all the rest of it. All sorts of great stuff. Just get involved, is what I say. Uh, if you haven't, drop a like on the video, subscribe, all that good stuff. Because this is the sort of stuff that really, really helps us out. Um, it's very, very difficult. There's a lot of football podcasts. There are a lot of content creators in the world. So... A like, a share, a subscribe, all free, takes you 30 seconds, helps us out massively. Also, um, you know, the the live chat comments don't count towards the algorithm, which can be frustrating quite often because the live chats are often full of discussion and questions and stuff. So if you can drop a comment after the video's gone up, that's always helpful. But, uh, you know, whatever. Um as always, guys, check out the Sports Social Podcast Network as well, which is where you'll find all of the audio versions of our show. Just checking that picture behind me, what it was, make sure it was suitable, because you never know. Uh, and yeah, 
bonus points, by the way, for the regular viewers. Welcome if you're not a regular. Um, good to have you on board. Good to have you here. If you're watching on Twitter or your X, as it's called these days, or if you're watching on YouTube. Um, bonus points for anybody who's a regular viewer, if they can spot the something different about the overall thing going on you. Um, and it's not that I look seem to have aged a month in the space of a week. But uh, if bonus points, if you can spot the new edition, bit of fun. Um, and I'd also ask, like to, I put this question to the people and we'll go over it at the end of the show. Um, in your opinion, what is the best Oasis album and why? Um, so there we go. That's our, our non-footballing question for the day, which we'll debate at the end of the show. But uh, let's talk Cardiff City. So some stuff has happened off the pitch. So before we get to that Ipswich game, some stuff has uh, has gone on. Um, for one, Jack Simpson has left the football club uh, the day before the transfer deadline, I think it was, which is not the best timing when you're already... So before Simpson left, I really felt like Cardiff needed a centre-back. Um, and as, as I've mentioned before, I think uh, Axel Tanzabi would have been a good, good fit on a free exactly what we needed a, a good defender but also good on the ball young hungry etc 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 um i know the club investigated that i don't know how far it went uh, if you know what he was asking in wages things like this but i um it was at least investigated and as far as i know axelson zabi is still available on a free so we'll have to just wait and see how that develops there is some players still available frees so you know Still, maybe some additions to come in at some clubs. I still think we need a centre-back, even though we brought in uh, Panto from from Forest. Who, are, by the way, I thought was a, is an excellent signing, and I pray I think he'll be in the starting eleven before long. I've got to say. Um, so, but anyway, back to Simpson. So Simpson's left the football club. It was a bit of a weird one. So, obviously. A big part of the the fan sort of debate and comments in the early parts of the season have been around Simpson makes me like I've said a few times he makes me very nervous. You know he's good on the ball, but defensively I felt like he was a bit all over the place um, when I did the shows with Derek and recorded that content. Um, Derek is a big fan of his. He thinks he's really good footballing centre back. But I just think in the championship, you've you've got first and foremost as a centre back, you have to be able to defend. And Simpson made me nervous when it came to defending on the ball. I thought he was very good. I thought, um, you know, if you could, if you could defend. But like Will says there, I know Derek likes him, but Simpson always worried me. Yeah, and that was the problem. I think is that on the ball, great. But defensively, just not quite up to it for for championship football, which is unfortunate. But such is life. One thing I will say, what I have liked about the new manager, I like a lot about him actually. I think tactically he's pretty good, generally speaking. Although I know I'm probably about to criticise him in about twenty minutes' time, but but tactically, generally, I've been quite impressed with him. But I wasn't impressed with me most is Allsop got his head turned by Hull. 
And the manager's attitude was, you don't want to be here, then get out. We don't want you. Only want players who want to play for this football club. We have missed that ruthlessness. Because the fact is, when a player gets their head turned or they're not happy, you never, it's very rare that you get them back on board. You know, some maybe, but most footballers seem, once their head's gone and their heart's not in it, it seems very difficult to get them. I mean, you know, you've only got to look at the Jaden Sancho situation now. If, if he, if he meant what he said in Jaden Sancho meant what he said in his statement about playing for the badge and battling and this, that, and the other for his place and blah, blah, blah. He wouldn't have made the statement and he would have done his, made his statement in the training ground on the pitch, not on social media. So in my opinion, it's very unlikely that he plays for Manchester United again. Ten Hag won't have it unless he publicly apologises. Maybe they can rectify it. But my point being is once a player's head is turned, once the player's heart is not in it, it's it's a problem because it, it spreads through the team so so easy. So say you've got also who's had his head turned, he wants to go to Hull. Say the, say the club blocked that move. Allstop's going into training. He's going to have a couple of mates, trains with the keepers. He's going to have someone, a couple of players who he's close to within the squad. And he's going to be saying, oh, they stopped me from going. The manager this. And that spreads so quickly. That negativity spreads so quickly. And quite often, that's how managers lose the dressing room. Because it starts off with like one or two who are not happy because they're in the squad or they want to move or whatever. So if someone doesn't want to be there, then you've got to go. Just get them out as quick as possible with as little hassle and stress as possible. Give them the move they want. I thought Cardiff got great money for all swap. If he didn't want to be there, great. And I, one thing I will say is how was Allsop playing in front of Alnwick for all this time? I do not understand it because everything we've seen from Alnwick this season has been outstanding. He could shot stop, he dominates his box, pretty good on the ball. I don't understand how Allsop was getting in in front of him. And then second of all, I think Allsop was very, very unlucky to lose his place to Runnison on the weekend. Runnison played in the EFL Cup. He did okay. He did, you know, didn't do anything wrong. Pretty good. But I think Alnwick deserved to he deserves to keep his place until he makes a mistake or until there's a reason to drop him. I thought it was unfortunate and uh, he was a bit unlucky with that. Um so with Simpson, look, it's difficult, right? Because I've heard now from different people two different stories of kind of how that went down one is that the manager basically said he wasn't good enough to him in a meeting and like a meeting between the two of them and he didn't take it well and and kind of that's how it ended up that he left the football club but then i had another version where he wanted the club wanted him to go out alone he didn't want to go out on loan so they agreed to part ways either way i don't think simpson was in the first team plans um, and I don't like to cast aspersions in terms of whether how he reacted or whether he was even told that so you know it's, it's innuendo it's rumour and stuff like that at the end of the day he's left the football club good luck to him because I think if he goes to the right league or the right club they you think he's a good footballer um, I just don't think what Cardiff need and, and the way we play and, and the season we've got coming up 
I'm not entirely sure that Jack Simpson is what we need. Um, whereas bringing in the lad um, Panto is Panto Pango, uh, from Forest. Uh, that is a, I think, is quite a clever little signing. I've got to be honest. He's really good on the ball, but he's a really good defender as well. Um, I was actually a little surprised that there wasn't some of the higher end championship clubs in for him. Um, I've obviously have no knowledge on whether you know whether he was whether he he seemed in his statements and everything he said after signing. It seemed like Aaron Ramsey and the manager were a big part of him. Big part of him coming in and sign choosing to sign for Cardiff. So, which is a great sign. But um, when it comes to the, you know, where's he fit in? Is he going to be a starter, a bench player? I think before long he'll be starting. Like I said, he's exactly what Cardiff needed. Is someone who can defend well, but also can push on. And uh, Panzo, Jonathan Panzo, yeah. Um, yeah, I just think um, he's exactly what Cardiff needed was a ball playing centre back and um he's he's really really uh you know he's young he's uh he played 29 times for Coventry last season uh on loan which again I think is a good sign that he was a you know got 30 games out of him um Coventry did very well last year as well whose place does he take I guess is the if he was gonna if Jonathan Panza was gonna start which of the centre-backs goes, in your opinion? I'd be interested in your takes on it. Um, it's interesting, isn't it? Because whenever we've gone three at the back in the what would be sort of, I guess, framed as the first 11 or the first team squad, whenever we've gone three at the back, it is not not good viewing. It is, uh, we seem to fall apart. We seem to be all over the place. Whereas when we did it in the EFL Cup, we looked really good. The system worked, which is kind of interesting because it got the best that were um, Colwell playing off the striker. We had the width with the wing backs. It's very, very interesting. You know, Jonathan Panzo played for, has played for England from 16s all the way up to 21s. Ball playing centre back. He's still only 22. So he's a young, young player. He is, you know, six foot one. He's a big boy. He's pretty started his career at Chelsea in the youth, moved to Monaco seconds before being promoted to the Monaco first team. Only made two appearances before going out on loan to Bruges. Um, and then he's been around. He went to Dijon and then he Forest. Didn't really play for Forest, but did 29 games on loan for Coventry last year. And if you speak to Coventry fans, I think they were a bit disappointed that they didn't follow it up, you know. So I'd be very interested to see how he fares. But I am interested in who people think he'll come in for. Will he replace McGuinness? Will he replace um, Gutas? I mean, Gutas is the he's the manager's guy, isn't he? You know. So if you think it'd be unlikely that the manager's going to drop someone he's brought in specifically to play that position, you'd think. But I actually think McGuinness of the two looks the most comfortable. In the way the manager wants to play, um, Gutas is still getting used, very much getting used to 
the, the championship and, and how it's played. I thought Gutas looked really good in pre-season. Championship, it just looks like he's getting used to the speed of it all. So, you know, that can take a bit of time. I don't think he's looked dreadful by any any stretch. I just think that he maybe is taking a little bit to settle. You know, the championship is different, and it? it's just different to so many, all the other leagues around the world. Um, go into the comments, so uh, see what you guys said. Um, Will said he watched the Ipswich game while on holiday. Great first half. Manager made unnecessary changes. We lost momentum. Ref was very home biased, but we also have to give credit to Ipswich who did well the last 40 minutes. Will also said that Olnick has been great, very unlucky to lose his spot. Um, Matthew says, I'll agree, dropping Olnick on the weekend was a shocker for me. Um, yeah, but this is the thing. When a manager brings in players, they going to favour the players who they bring in. Yeah, again, I'll use Jane Sancho as a an excuse uh, as an example. Jane Sancho in pre preseason was excellent for Manchester United. Um, his one or two substitute appearances this year, he's been pretty good. He's made a difference at least. But Anthony, who has been poor, particularly in the first two games for United, was very poor. But the manager kept playing Anthony because he, he that's his guy. He signed him. He wanted him. That's his guy. He's worked with him previously. That's his guy. And Sancho didn't get, you know, wasn't even in the squad for the Arsenal game. So, whilst managers might not technically have their favourites, they will always go with their guys who they trust, they've worked with before, who they have brought in, because that's their guys. That's the people they trust. Runnison has been brought in by the manager. Alnwick was playing well. He still got dropped. Gutas is playing well in pre-season. Out of the two centre-backs, probably looks the ropier, ropier of the two. Now, I'm thinking that Panko probably starts alongside Gutas in the next game. Um, but you look on FB Ref at, at uh, Panko's stats and stuff, and um, he is a good footballer, a good defender. Um, I'm excited. I really am excited to see kind of what he can produce with Cardiff. His stats at Coventry are superb. They really um, speak to a player who can defend properly and resolutely, but also, when needed, can move the ball through into midfield, can spread the play out wide. He's comfortable on the ball to receive it from the goalkeeper. So, that we've seen that's how the manager wants to play. So, I think it's a very good signing. I still think we're short at centre-back, unless he's thinking that NG is his fourth-choice centre-back, which is not uh, not a bad option. And then, obviously, you've got Romeo and you've got Collins. But then we've only got three full-backs, technically, between the two places. So that defensive squad is looking a bit raw. He did play Ebo Adams as a one of the three centre-backs in the EFL Cup. And he thought he did all right, actually. So, I mean, there's, there's that option. I don't know, but what do you guys think about the three at the back? I feel like when we've tried it with the first team, it just hasn't it hasn't worked. Whereas when we did try it in the FL Cup, it worked very well. So, do you think the manager would prefer to go three at the back? Like, but then when we play three at the back, I think NG suits playing as a three. So then Panko, does he play there? It's, it's a strange one, man. It's a strange one. Um, let's talk about the Ipswich game. 
I thought for the first 35 to minute. Well, I thought actually for the first hour, I thought Cardiff City were very good. Um, I thought Aaron Ramsey's goal was about as good a team goal as you will see uh, any given weekend of football. It was a great finish, but the build-up play was superb. I thought that we played great football. I thought tactically we were set up in the first half to to hit them, not just on the counter-attack, so we would just defend, 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 but we were picking the ball up high up the pitch. We were winning the ball up in the middle of the park, winning the ball back in the middle of the park, and then transitioning down the channels and into the wings, and we really utilised that that um, that quality. And I thought Carl and Grant on the left really showed what he can do, and I thought he was a bit unlucky that his goal was disallowed. Um, but I thought he had that fullback on toast in the first half. He just every every time round the outside, round the outside, round the outside. Um, Ramsey's quality, just you know, just sometimes it's not even anything spectacular. It's just those little touches, moving the ball, linking the play. His positional sense is sensational. Those little pockets of space really is a top top quality set, like number ten. And I just think if we can get those right players in there. Um, we'll be laughing. Um, look, I think there's a lot of a lot of positives from every single game that Cardiff have played this year, except the QPR game. Even on Saturday, very disappointed with how Cardiff went about the second half, and we'll, we'll talk about it in a minute because I think there was reasons for it. But I wanted to before we sort of talk about that i wanted to talk about the first first hour really because so we lined up with runnison ng mcginnis gutas and then jamalu collins with psyopis rolls in midfield ramsey tanner getting a deserved start grant and then mate up front so i don't have a massive issue with any of those selections runnison I think he's lucky to get a start there. I think Alnick should have started. He, I think he deserves to keep his face. He deserves to have the number one shirt for the time being. I understand it, but I don't think it's the right decision. Not that Runnison did anything wrong, but ultimately, Alnick has been very good for Cardiff this year. Deserved to keep his spot. NG goes for himself. McGuinness goes for himself. Kutas goes for himself. Particularly when Panzo had only come in the day before. Um, Jamalu Collins, I in my preview video which i'm sure some of you saw um i discussed whether they might give him a rest he didn't look great in the previous game and he's finding his feet after a long time out and i think there's a thin line between getting him just keep playing so he gets up to speed and he gets his fitness and everything and him needed a break and i just felt like no no he needs a break because he's tired but there was a game, the game before the Ipswich one, he was um, he was kind of backing out challenges and stuff like that, which says to me, psychologically, he's still got that injury in his head, which, of course, is natural. He's a human being. I'm not criticising him. But I felt like with the international break, there was an argument that you could put Romeo in, move NG to the left, or even play Romeo on the left. Like There was a possibility to do that without too much disruption or worry. But I can understand sticking with sticking with Collins. Um, 
ultimately, I think, and this is only my opinion, I think it's probably going to take him having like a mad 50-50 where he goes flying into someone and comes out unscathed. Or he, you know, like a big, he gets a big physical knock and he kind of gets through it because it's there and it's it's a problem. But Cardiff are conceding goals and some of them are coming from that side. So would I be surprised to see NG go over to the left and Romeo? I think Romeo's been excellent every time he's played this year. So I wouldn't be surprised if Romeo ends up playing there just to take Collins out of the limelight a bit, out of the firing line a little bit. Um, Syopis is um, someone who I've got, I already got a lot of time for. Fiery, loves the tackle, but it's quality on the ball. Um, really is, and he is bringing the best out of Joe Rawls. And I'll be honest, though, and uh, I don't want to be a hypocrite ever, like, Joe Rawls has worried me, as people who watch the shows regularly will know. Joe Rawls has worried me for the last season or two. Just looks like he hasn't got the legs. Looks like it's a problem. And Syopis is, is really bringing the best out of Joe Rawls. So, for me, that's like a double whammy because he's the perfect sign-in for what the team needed. They needed someone who could be good on the ball but also be aggressive. He picks the ball up deep to move through the lines and stuff like that which is also good, but he's also getting the best out of Joe Rawls, which is a massive bonus. Tanner, Ramsey speaks for himself, obviously. Tanner absolutely deserved to get a start in this game. I didn't think he was terrible, but I think I think I saw why the manager took him off, which I'll discuss in a minute. Um, Grant, as I've already said, I thought he was excellent in the first half. Really thought he just had that his fullback on toast. He isolated him, beat him, getting good crosses across. Um, the number nine position, I think, for Cardiff is a bit of a problem at the moment. Um, Mate has obviously got a good record in the championship for scoring goals, but you've got a combination of you've got Mate where he's problematic, like you see, his link up plays excellent, he's very good in the link up and then moving the ball and playing, but then. His finishing is not great. However, if you look at Est, uh, Ugbo, his link-up play is non-existent and it's a problem like that is so bad. But he's always in the right space to get those knock-ins, those tap-ins, the, when the ball's ricocheting about, when a cross comes across. Ugbo is there. He's got a good... He has a good... Um, a knack for being in the right place at the right time. And ultimately... When you're playing the system kind of play, you kind of you need your striker to just be there to score the goals. But you, I think you can get away with Ogbo if Ogbo continues to score, but his link-up play is not great. I think you can get away with that because you've got Ramsey at ten, who's so good. Outdoor, um, and then so I. My choice at the moment would be probably be Agbo. But look, this is why we were trying to get Kiefer Moore in. They were trying to get Kiefer Moore in until literally the last second of the transfer window. There was a few other deals which put a spanner in the works uh, towards the end. So effectively, um, Lowe went to the Jacks. 
which kind of was a bit of an issue. And then there was another deal with Bournemouth were bringing in a striker. I think it was from Millwall, if memory serves. They were bringing in a striker. That deal completely fell through. And then Bournemouth were never going to let him go out on loan. They were only going to let him on loan if they got people in. And that deal fell through. So it never happened. And unfortunately, so that means till January at least. Till January at least, we will have to go with what we got. And we have a the manager has a decision to make. Do you go with Okpo, who's just got a knack for scoring and being in the right place at the right time? Or do you go with Mate, whose link up plays a bit better, but I don't think his finishing is as good? Or you will have Carl and Grant can play through the middle, and you can also you could put um what's his head there? Robinson when he's fit. But Robinson's out at the moment. Hopefully he's back because I he would be my choice actually, because his link up play is good. He's quick enough to get in behind and his finishing is excellent. But we go. So the Ipswich game I thought we were very good for an hour. Well, maybe say the first half we were very good. And things went wrong at half time. What went wrong? Well, so Tanner comes off. My memory's shocking, so I'm just trying to bring the lineups up so I can remember who came on. I know Tanner went off, didn't he? And they brought on, I think it was Wintle, or they brought on. Let me get the lineups. But you guys tell me, what do you think went wrong in the second half? Will says, um, I wouldn't have taken Tanner off. Um, Will says, I wouldn't have taken Tanner off. I thought he had a decent half. I would have at least given him another five or ten minutes. Um, Rolls, Syopis, Ramsey is a great central mid triangle. So much better than we, what we've had for years. You've got to give him time to click with the new playing style and the new team. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Uh, Bob Banks sells, says Rolls has been great all season. Yeah, um, I agree with that. My worry was, um, Bob, is I didn't think you could play Wintel, Rawls and Ramsey in the midfield three. I didn't think there was enough legs in there. So I was one. I was saying we need to get someone with legs in there to play in the, the pivot to allow Ramsey to do his thing. Because I just didn't think there was the legs in there to do it. Um, I think... I think that was kind of proven to be the case. However, I will also say that Syopis has got the legs and he's brought the best out of Ramsey. He's brought the best, not the Ramsey so much, but he's brought the, he's certainly helped Ramsey, but he's definitely helped Rawls because Rawls is just doing his thing now. Instead of trying to be a defensive midfielder, he's just doing his thing, playing his natural game, moving the ball, passing the ball is excellent. So, Ogbo came on for Tanner at half time was a bit of a weird one because I don't think Tanner was having a, a terrible game. But they did kind of change the shape a little bit. Um, Sorry, I said this weird, like, foreign language in my ear then. It was weird. It was off a website, just like, as you go. Um, So, so Ogbo comes on. Number one, I do not think Ogbo should ever be our wide option. I would rather, and this is, again, someone, people who heard me speak last week said, I, I will know I do not want to do this. I would rather see Ruben Corwell play wide than Agbo, always. Um, and I know, Matt, you know Mete and Agbo can kind of interchange a bit. So I thought Tanner did all right in the first half. Not amazing, but he was all right. 
the reason why I believe that Tanner was taken off is down that. So what it would have been Ipswich's left hand side. Um, Davis and Broadhead were getting a lot of two on ones on the break versus um, NG. And they created some chances down that side. So I just think that the manager didn't think he was working out enough defensively. And unfortunately, in that system, when you've got the pivot of the two, the two wider players of the forwards, they have to almost interchange from wingers to midfielders and they have to get back and they have to tuck in and they have to do this and that. Like when we haven't got the ball, Tanner and Grant, as it was, have to almost drop in and work back to play alongside Syopis and Rawls. So you've got two banks of four. That's how the system works. And when you look at the, if you go back and look at the, if you have a look at the extended highlights, I think it's on the EFL channel. I think it's, it's only like 10, 12 minutes or something. But if you look, you can see on that side, we they did give us some problems. Um, and I mean, look, the, the manager was pretty blunt when they asked why he kind of came off. He was very clear. It wasn't an injury. It was, a, you know, he wasn't doing what I wanted him to do. But so that was weird because I thought that that meant we weren't getting that counter attack at pace. Because, with all due respect to Ugbo and, and Mate, they're not as good wide into like Tanner and Grant are very direct. They'll beat a man and they were causing Ipswich problems when we were going at them on the break. And when we were winning the ball in the transition into that counter attack, they was they were, Ipswich was struggling to, to to deal with it. So I think bringing Tanner off played into that. It was easier to defend against four Ipswich, but Ipswich were obviously pushing forward because they were two down by the hour mark. Um, Rawls then came off for Panzo, which was interesting. And then you kind of switch into, you got the three centre-backs on. Um, Colwell came on for Jamalu Collins. Wintle came on for Mete. I just think, I think the manager went too defensive too early. I think he tried to defend. I think in his head he thought, right, two-goal two lead, keep a clean sheet in the second half, we win the game. But we all know the championship is mental. Any team can beat any team. You can beat 2-0 up with 10 minutes to go and still lose the, the football match. The championship is a bit mental. And maybe it was a bit of inexperience in a league like the championship where every team is minutes away from taking you apart. Um, and Ipswich, there's a reason why Ipswich is so high in the league. They got a very, very good manager. He's so tactically astute. Uh, McKenna is. Um, he brings on obviously Ladipo in that first half, and there were signs in the first half that he was going to cause us issues. We maybe that's why the manager made the subs he did as well to try and negate the threat of of Ladipo. Um, but I actually think the one which kind of made a massive difference to Ipswich was when Luongo went off. And Taylor went came on uh, around 75 minutes. That's when I felt like the game completely turned in Ipswich's favour. They scored two minutes later. They'd already scored the one. Ladipo gets the, the, the... Sorry, they scored the third goal just after the 75-minute mark. And then 
I felt like Cardiff were just fighting a losing battle after that. The heads had dropped. We didn't have the players on the pitch to get back in the game because we're 3-2 down with 22 minutes to go. We've shown we can score against them. Why were we not able to then go and try and get an equaliser in 20 minutes? We created a little bit, but not much. But we also had no Tanner. We had no Mete on the pitch. Uh, rules had gone off. It was a big part of dictating the play and starting everything. The shape was all over the place at this point. Um, you had Colwell on, but he's not playing where he's done his best work recently. So it was a very disjointed second half. And I mean that overall from the players on the pitch, the substitutions that were made, we lost the shape. And, you know, they, it wasn't like they got like a last minute goal, which I guess is a an improvement because we've uh, suffered a few last minute goals recently or this season. But um, I never felt like we were really going to get back into it after that free free two with the, you know, the couple of chances and stuff. But I thought, look, Ipswich are very, very good and they'll be there or thereabouts. Cardiff have to take the positives, though. And like I said earlier, I think there's a lot of positives from every single game so far, except that QPR game was a shambles. Um, the Leeds game on another day, you know, we, we hold out, we get the win. Um, the Leicester game on another day, we maybe Mete scores that chance, we, we get a win or a draw. Very unlucky. Sheffield Wednesday game, I thought we were very good. We deserved the team, the win. I thought we deserved something against Ipswich for the way we played for the first hour or so. We are, we're definitely due a run of wins, but the championship, you've got to fight every game. Every game is a battle and you've got to make your quality count in those areas where you have that quality. And Cardiff do have some quality now. They've got direct wingers, they've got pace, they've got Aaron Ramsey, they've got Joe Rawls on form, they've got Siopis, they've got good defenders, keeper, whatever. Like, they've got a good team. I do think that someone, between now and Christmas, someone will take an absolute paste in off Cardiff. Well, we'll have a day where it all just kind of clicks together and suddenly it'll, we'll win four or five minutes. We'll just give someone an absolute spoon in. A bit like what Sunderland did to Southampton at the weekend. Everything will just click. You'll be three up in 15 minutes and it just looks all happy and rosy. And why haven't you played like that all season? I just think there'll be people, I'm sure, there's, I don't read it all anymore, but I'm sure there's people on message boards and social media who were saying the manager's shit or Collins is shit, you know, just stop moaning and actually look and analyse, the, watch the game and see that, all right, maybe we've been a bit unlucky with some goals and results, but I actually think that there's so much more positive aspects to how Cardiff City are playing this year than there has been for a very long time. I am... Um, that goal, Ryan Wintle's goal in the EFL Cup was one of the best goals I've seen in the last 12 months from any team. I have not seen Cardiff City play football like that since the Dave Jones era. The goal on the weekend, Ramsey's goal. You only have to go and have a look on the EFL highlights video and see there's, play, there's fans of other clubs who are not necessarily fans of Cardiff, saying that is a superb goal. What a team goal. So we have got that football in us. 
and we're doing it. We've done it, you know, a few times in the last couple of weeks, in the last few games. So it's coming. Stick with the manager, stick with the players, and I think you will see their rewards. I am so much more optimistic about what this team can do this year than I was coming in out of preseason. Coming out of preseason, I was just like, right, this season, avoid relegation. Maybe top 10 would be nice. Get Don't be in the relegation battle. And then next season, build, try and push for the playoffs. And then the season after, you try and really push for like automatics. And I thought that was a good building block process for the new manager. Give him time, get his players in and let him install his way of playing. I think he's installing his way of playing still. Um, there's still issues like we discussed with down the Collins' side. I think there's issues and teams can get asked by there, get at us by there. But also, I think the managers, look, the manager's not going to come out after the game and say, I made mistakes, blah, 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 blah. He's just not. He's still trying to win over the players. He's still trying to get that respect in the dressing room and, and institutionalise the team in his vision. So he's not going to say that. Did I think he was a little bit harsh on Tanner? Probably a little bit. But Betty Tanner works really super hard in training, though, to prove a point. Um, so let's have a look at the comments. Um, Tommy Tornado says... Uh, thoughts on the South Wales derby? Nervous um, because they're so bad. Bob Bang says, "Hope oh, we have a right good go at them. Would you all win now?" Um, Will says, "Let's hope that that day is 16th of September." What's your thoughts on 7:45 kickoff for the derby? So, few bit of let's have a little look. Um, the kickoff made it wild, Ab insanity. Don't know what they're thinking. Um, and look. I'm all for like one who says like uh, you know take kids to football and blah blah blah. I if I had young kids like all my kids are pretty grown now, but if I had young kids who I usually take to football, I'm not sure I would take them to the. And I'm talking like young young kids. Like I'm not sure I would be taking them to that game. I think it's absolute insanity to have a quarter to eight kickoff on a Saturday in Cardiff City Centre and play the Swansea game at a time. It's just mental, mate. There are all fans from both sides going to be on the piss all day on a Saturday. I'm sure there's probably rugby or something on during that, you know, on that day. Let's have a look. I bet you there's something there. And even if there's not, you know, people will watch the football that's on that day on in the pubs and it'll be, you know, they'll make a day of it and look, I used to do it all the time, but it'll just be, it'll be mental that day. Just mental. Um, I'm very surprised by it. I thought three o'clock, which it was initially announced for, was a risk. But yeah, mate. Uh, it's just—it's crazy, man. And um, so Matt says, "Yeah, Rugby World Cups on." So those Rugby World Cup games, mate. Where are they played, and what time are they on for me, please? I, you know, I don't do rugby, so. Um, I'm not saying it's not necessarily. It's look, they'll separate the fans. 
they they do a pretty good job of that. They affect Cardiff Swansea is one of the few games which they effectively still treat as a bubble, um, even though bubbles are supposed to have stopped. But I just don't see everyone's just going to be shit faced, and I just think it's going to be problems. So it's been so the World Cup games in what in France. So yeah, so but people will be in the pubs watching it and stuff, which is not a bad thing. But you know, you always get some idiots. Cardiff and Swansea brings out the worst in fans generally. I remember once I went with my missus and one of my boys years ago, and then we were like in the corner because in the stand, like the standing disabled bit, so like next to the wheelchairs and that. So you get like you're disabled, you're in the disabled area, but you're not in a chair. And then so we were sort of sat in the corner of there, and then there was a couple of guys behind us, and like. You know, there was a lot of kids and, and women and stuff around. And David Cottrell's warming up. And some of the stuff that was said to him and shouted, like, to him was wild, mate. Like, wild that, like, people who were with their, with their children or, like, around children would say that sort of stuff to a, just another guy, like, a guy. I get it. Like, I, I'm all for the hostile atmosphere and giving players shit and all that, I get that. But, like, some of the stuff which I heard that day with kids around, it was just insanity. Like, and I bet, you know, those guys who were saying that stuff, I bet you, like, on Monday morning, they went to, you know, went to work in their office or whatever, and, you know, just normal guys. Um, It's just a a bad idea, in my opinion. Look, I'm not saying there's going to be loads of trouble, but would it surprise you? If all hell broke loose on Saturday, that Saturday afternoon, like about five o'clock before the game, if all hell breaks loose in Cardiff City Centre, of course it wouldn't, because you're realistic. Um, Bob Bank says I was in the grand grandstand that fateful game. They put the jacks up there. I said right away it was not a good idea. Uh, I get the feeling this is the same bad idea. Yeah, I just do not understand it, mate. Honestly, like. There's no need for it either. It's just it's this sky you're not in it. But why put out the lunchtime kickoff? You know? Just it's no need. It's just a risk you don't need to take. Um Wales play Portugal on the sixteenth of September, quarter to five kickoff. Jesus. So Wales, Portugal in the rugby world cup is on the same day and it starts and finishes just before the football does. Oof. Interesting. Um, in terms of the actual game, I I can't bring myself to say that I'm confident because we have such a bad record on paper, but also like in the last sort of God knows how many years, it feels like forever. Like we have just got, we just don't turn up. The players don't turn up. We are very, very, very much the kind of team which just we, the players don't seem to be able to cope with the pressure of it Swansea do and they do well with it however Swansea have been absolute garbage this year uh, and they are they are so poor bit of a shambolic showing off the pitch as well if we're going to start if we're going to break the cycle of the recent years I think this is the time to do it home game they're not playing well I would argue we are 
uh, we are playing well. So, yeah, it's a weird one, though, isn't it? You know, because we should be confident because I think Cardiff have done quite well this year, even though on paper maybe you'd think otherwise. But I think if you watch the games and you kind of know a bit, or at least like, you know, you watch football regularly, I think you can everyone can see that there's some positives from Cardiff, even though there is only two points separating the teams. Whereas everything I've seen of Swansea this year, ah, they've been terrible. Look, the problem being is when you're on a bad run, it's gotta break at some point. Like it's got like at some point it will go. And They'll be up for the Cardiff game. They will see that as a winnable game. They will see that as a game they can win. They will remind the players that, you know, we haven't beaten them for a very long time. They did the double last year. So, you know, it's, it all comes into it. It's a high-pressure game. My one, my one thing for it is we're playing very good football, but we've got players in there who are aggressive and can battle. Like, imagine Siopis in a, in a South Wales derby. Um, Gutas, these people that put their body on the line, you know. Um, Ramsey's always done pretty good in the South Wales derbies. He'll be up for it. And the manager, as I mentioned earlier, I think is very tactically astute. And I think he'll come up with a plan to beat him. Um, so I can't bring myself to say I'm confident, but I do think... First, look, put it this way, right? I think if Cardiff City outwork Swansea in the opening 20 minutes and they earn the right to play their football, we will win the football match. You have to earn the right to play your fancy, you know, your good football. And um, sometimes we don't do that. Um, the QPR game being the one I point to, we, we thought we could just turn up and just play whatever, you know, just play our stuff. Well, we're the better team, blah, blah, blah. They've got spanked on the first day. We didn't work. you got to earn the right to play. And we didn't earn the right to play against QPR. And in the second half, is zip switch. There was a bit of an aspect of that. That's got to be cut out. You've got to earn the right to play. Get into them straight away. Matthew says there, let's hope Rambo, Syopis bring their big game experience and it rubs off on the other. Got to be hungrier and have bigger bollocks than the Jacks on the day. Um, but also discipline to Robinson. Um, yeah, and that's my thing. It's like Syopis could be massive in that game because he's aggressive in that midfield and he wins the ball, but he can use it as well. And obviously he's got to use his big game experience to make sure that he makes the right decisions. And yeah, you've got to be disciplined as well as aggressive. There's a line, there's a thin line and you've got to be on the right side of it because a ref, you know, these referees... In the derby games, they love a sending off. They absolutely love a sending off. Um, someone, who was it? Uh, A1, welcome, my friend. Uh, he says, are you going to the Wales versus South Korea game? Do you know what, right? Um, so my oldest boy is going to university in like a couple of weeks. So I was thinking, oh, Wales, uh, South Korea, that might be quite cool. We could go and have a couple of pints and, and you know, I could spend a bit of time with him, go watch the football. And then I saw... The tickets are like the best part, best part of 30 quid. Um, and then you've got the manager saying, I don't really want to play this game. 
Ramsey's not playing, so-and-so's not playing. And I'm like, so you're charging the best part of 30 quid to watch Wales versus South Korea. And the man, you know, I'm, I'm sure the tickets are not going particularly well. You've got people like myself who were like thinking about it on the bench, right, on the sort of fence. And then the manager comes out and says, oh, I don't even want to be playing this and lists all the players who he, you know, he's not going to play. Um, Robert Page is under pressure, mate. And um, I will talk about this more in the preview, which I'm going to record tomorrow morning. But um, Robert Page is under pressure and he needs a performance from his players over this international break. Because let me tell you, if Wales come away from this international break, and they get dicked, or they have a couple of bad results. I think he's under real pressure, and I think I'm not one to call for managers' heads unless they're Mick McCarthy. But um, I think he's rightly under pressure at the moment. Um, he hung on to some players too long. I thought his work, his World Cup performance as a as a manager and a tactician. Um, I thought he was he was poor in the World Cup. I thought he made bad decisions. Um, I'm not massively impressed with the squad that he named, considering we had a friendly in there. I thought he should have. There was a couple of players he should have got in there to have a look at. When you know that you've got a couple of players out for the next game, that's what friendlies should be for. So I was a bit disappointed by the squad. Um, a one says, um, "Why do I?" I'll come back to the the question about the late goals and stuff um, because it is something I wanted to talk about. Welcome, Jaden. Um, let's have a look. How oh, we lost that game at the weekend, I'll never know, Jaden. Yeah, I mean we we have just talked about it, mate. But um, Cardiff were very very good for the first fifty minutes. I think the manager got some of his ch ch changes wrong. We lost all semblance of a shape. And the players, asked, by the time Ipswich scored their third goal, it felt like the players just didn't know what who was playing where, what's going on. Um, A1 says, if we if Wales lose to Latvia, he's 100% gone. Mate, 100%. If Wales don't beat Latvia, he should resign. Am I wrong? I don't know. I don't think I'm wrong. Uh, Bob Bank says 7,000 tickets sold last I heard. The prices are not great. Yeah, look, I'm not saying that they should be like a fiver, but like I just think 28 quid, I think it is, is outrageous when you play in South Korea and your manager's out there saying what an inconvenience it is. I don't think that's the right attitude for him to have it at the point he's at as well. It'd be interesting in mind because there's a few managers, Welsh managers around, who I think would fancy a go at that. Latvia, the dog and duck, says Tommy Tornado. Exactly that, mate. If Wales, even a draw, I think he's got to go. Jaden says, I think we'll turn Swansea over this time. Last minute, Ramsey Screamer. Yeah, why not, mate? Last time he played in one, he'd set up Bellamy for a Screamer, didn't he? So they got got some players who've got some real big game experience. So... We shouldn't be overawed and we should play well. We should be bang up for it and we should. We're playing good football this year. We've scored some unbelievable goals this year, like team goals, link up plays being on point. You've got Ramsey on form. You've got 
his understudy on form. You've got, um, you know, Carl and Grant on form, looking like he could tear most fullbacks apart. Ogbo seems to be in the right place at the right time a lot of the time. Like, get the team selection right, tactics right. I think Swansea are there for the taking. Maybe, you know, I said earlier that one of these days between now and Christmas, we're going to give someone an absolute paste in. Well, maybe that tune-in comes on the 16th of September. Wouldn't that be nice? First game back after uh, first game back after the old international break, and Cardiff just gives Swansea an absolute paste in. Tune them up five 0 That would be beautiful. I'd be very, very happy with that. But uh, I guess we'll see in it. Yeah, I think um, yeah, I think Swansea are there for the taking, but it's got to be right. There's so many things which I think don't play into Cardiff's favour. I think the late kickoff is ludicrous, but I also don't think look. I'm going to say this right. If there's no trouble beforehand, the stadium will be absolutely bouncing because you know all the people who sort of sing and are quite vocal they're gonna add a few beers in them watch the rugby and stuff like that they're gonna be bang up for it but if there's a load of trouble before there's gonna be police everywhere the atmosphere is gonna be not great and i don't think you get the same hostility that makes teams away teams uncomfortable i just don't i think it'll work against cardiff i just think it's a stupid time to kick off all around um if Cardiff are going to break this run of bad results against Swansea, now's the time. Swansea has been diabolical this year, like really bad. I watched them the other day against uh, Bristol, and Swansea were very fortunate to be one up, but then you know they got turned over in the second half. But they were very fortunate; they were terrible, terrible. Maybe Bristol were much better, but Swansea just not very good for some reason as well. But Swansea, he keeps playing. So he plays a back three, and he keeps playing Norton in the middle with Kabanga to the side of him. Now, to me, if you're going to play a three, you have your strongest defender in the middle, unless one of the three is an exceptional passer, then you might put him in the middle. But to me, Kabanga is the best passer of the three, and he's the best defender of the three. So he should be in the middle. And they, Norton's shite. Um yeah, I'm not impressed with them at all. I'm not impressed with their signings. Not impressed with the way I'm playing football. We should turn them over. Turn them over. Because I hate them. Done with it. 10-0. That's my prediction. Have that. Um, let's have a look what we've got. Will says, the FAW love Ryan Giggs. Would he ever, could he ever come back as uh, manager of Page Mate? Right, let me tell you something about Ryan Giggs. He's a prick. No. Um, I would rather have Rodders take over, mate. Honestly, how two people can be so different, I will never know. But if a Giggs is taking over the Welsh management job, then in my opinion, it should absolutely be Rodri. I think the players would turn against 
Ryan, I don't think the players would want him back. I really don't. So I think that would be a calamitous decision by the FAW. I also, I put this question to someone who I know who works quite closely within the FAW and, and I asked him the other week if that, that was a possibility. He basically said, no, mate. So uh, Nathan Jones is free though, mate. Nathan Jones is, uh, is free looking for a job. There's a few managers about. There's a few managers about. I wouldn't be against looking for a a foreign manager, like uh, get getting. You imagine, right? Like you know, like Brighton got Deserby, right? Just using him as an example. Would it be disastrous if Wales could find someone like that? who's kind of got a really good reputation at what he's doing and then bring them in now, but then bring them in, like have experienced Welsh people in the backgrounds with them to help them, you know, buy into the set of the, everything about Wales together, stronger, everything. Like, I don't think it's the worst idea. You've got people like Rob Edwards would like to be involved. You've got Scott Young and Nathan Jones, like all these type of people. Would love to get involved in the Welsh setup. I'm not saying like Scott Young should be like assistant manager or something like that. I'm saying the setup as a whole. Would it be the worst choice to have a foreign coach who's highly rated, who plays football exciting way, who likes to improve players, whilst having uh, people with him who can help him learn the Welsh kind of ways? I don't think that's the end of the world um rob edwards i think is a good shout roberto martinez that's an interesting one so i'll tell you why i find it interesting i thought he did a tremendous job at wigan i thought he did a decent job at everton actually if you look at everton now maybe he did a better job than people give him credit for i think he's a better club manager than he is an international manager with the players he had at Belgium, the fact that they've never won a, an international trophy is probably a big failure with that generation of players. Did they even, I don't even think they got, ever got to a final, did they? Someone will correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think they did. So, like, for me, Robert, Roberto Martinez failed with a generation of players. I, You know, Belgium will never see a team that, talented all at once ever again not not many teams ever do like to have that many players who are that good at that time and then not achieve anything with them is, is insane um so it'll be a no for me but he's got international experience he's got links with wales so will i know you love him i think it's not an outrageous suggestion but for me I don't think he ticks enough boxes. Maybe he ticks a couple of boxes. Yeah, can everyone report Will's comment? Outrageous. No, I don't think he's um, the guy, is he? You know? Um, just... Oh, I don't know. I, just, I don't know, look, you know? I just... I think I like Nathan Jones in terms of potential Welsh appointments. Um, 
I'm trying to think if there's anyone who kind of sticks. I thought Matt says Cy nearly kicked you off the podcast then. Well, I thought I was quite reserved in my response. but I was quite, you know, professional. Didn't even swear. Um, let's have a look. Welsh football managers and see if there's anyone I've... Because I did think about this a couple of weeks back and... Um, I'm sure there was a couple of other, like Nathan Jones, I think, is a good shout. Tony Pullis should be absolutely nowhere near it. Um, I'd, I would have people like Dean Saunders and I would get Oshan Roberts. You know, I think Oshan Roberts should be there but where's Oshan at now is he uh is he a crystal palace is he the assistant or is he still abroad so nathan um sorry Oshan roberts should have probably taken the wales job at some point he's got the respect to the players but he's been a, like an assistant for majority of his time i know he was like the manager of the wales b and stuff like that steve morrison get the fuck out of here jesus so oh, you made me swear now come on bro oshan roberts i think would be a a suggestion a shout which i wouldn't be i wouldn't look if they appointed oshan roberts i wouldn't be like oh my god i would going to do that uh, what a terrible decision blah, blah blah i think it's a there's a lot of reasons why it's a sensible decision but maybe, just maybe, I don't want sensible anymore. A1 says, how do you think the new signings will do in the Swansea game? Uh, I'm guessing they will be told what this game means to the fans. I just hope they give their all. So, this is an interesting one, isn't it? Because for so long, it's felt like the players get overawed by that occasion and that game. And for so long, it's felt like we haven't turned up like... But then you look at Rob, you know, um, Robinson got sent off the knee and he got overexcited, he got a bit too into it and whatnot. So they, you know, they do, they clearly care. But if you look at the the players who've Cardiff have brought in, let's have a look the full list. So you've got Ugbo, all right, you know, he's young, he's backed a few goals, man, like. He's averaging a goal, a goal every eighty minutes, uh, boys, and I think um, it's wild, right? So, so Ugbo has got a goal conversion rate of thirty-three percent and a shot accuracy of fifty-six percent, but he's just got a knack of being in the right place at the right time. So, I think he is one who maybe will need a bit of guidance from, you know, your Ramseys and people like this about what it means and and getting them up for it. Um, Atete, he just shouldn't be near the first team, to be honest. Um, Josh Bowler, hopefully he's back because I've been I've been quite impressed with him. Although if he is back, I think he's got to be on the bench. Well, so obviously before their injuries, Bowler and Odawda were the first choice wingers, um, and I thought that Tanner had kind of 
put himself in the window and actually got to a point where he deserved his start on the weekend. But then the fact the manager hauled him off at half-time makes me think that maybe he won't start the next game. So maybe Bowler will come in. Obviously, you've got O'Dowder, who's been there before, done it, and you know, hopefully. Carlin Grant is an interesting one because I think um, in the, the, these opening games, he's definitely shown that he's got a quality. He's a good finisher. He's a good winger. But he's also shown a tendency sometimes to like drift in and out of games. And in the big game, like the Swansea game, where there's a lot of pressure and it's hostile and it's loud, that, that's a game where you don't want those players to drift. You need him to be bang at it, running at the, running at those Swansea fullbacks, putting them under pressure, getting in the space if they play three at the back, down the wings, getting in behind the wingbacks. Like, could cause all sorts of problems, but he's got to be bang up for it. So then you have to have people like Rawls and Ramsey and Syopis, who's obviously played in massive games abroad and at international level. I think they'll be all right, mate. It's the answer to your question, the long-winded answer to your question. Um, but I think there's a few of them who might need a bit of guiding from some of the more experienced players. I'd like to think, though, I think um, look, I think Carlin Grant is a firecracker. If we can get him consistent and fit and, and firing, I think he'll get a load of goals off the left. And then if we can get Robinson fit and playing through the middle, I think Cardiff have got a lot of pace, which could cause teams problems. I would love if we could start against Swansea with a start in 11, which had Robinson through the middle and he was fully fit and firing Grant on the left. And then on the right, you know, you play Tanner or Bowler or whoever's fit. Ramsey at 10, Cyprus and Rawls. I'd, I would be tempted to play if it was away at Swansea, I'd be tempted to play Wintle next to Cyprus. But because it's a home game, I think I and the form that Joe Rawls has been in, I'd probably go with Rawls. And then at the back, I'm probably dropping Collins and putting Romeo and Angie at fullback. Um, I think Tanner, exactly what I was going to say, uh, A1 says there, I think Tanner is a super, super sub second half would be great. Yeah, I think I tend to agree with you. I think I'd play bowler from the, if he's fit, to play bowler on the right from the start. And then get put, put Tanner in there after about an hour where Swansea are tiring because Grant and Bowler will cause all sorts of problems. Just if Swansea go, like I hope they do, if Swansea go free at the back against Cardiff, I think we're going to have field day. I've got to be honest because the way that system's set up, if you've got pacey wingers and a very clever number 10, there's so much space in behind those wing backs, unless the wing backs are very, very disciplined and drop in as a five. And I have seen nothing this season from the games and the highlights I've seen of Swansea to suggest that those wing-backs have anywhere near enough discipline to do that. At some point, they will wander, and Ramsey or the strikers or the wingers will be in and behind. And then it's about being clinical. Can Cardiff be clinical when they get those chances in those big games? We've got to keep a clean sheet, though. Um, one of these days, we kind of have got to keep a clean sheet. Um, I'm finishing up now. I've already gone a bit 15 minutes over what I normally, but so there were some new people in, so I wanted to answer their questions and stuff. Um, I want to just quickly go back to um, there was a question from A1 about late goals. I can't find it. 
Uh, why do we? Why do you think we concede so many late goals? Bad fitness, tires, motivation, etc. Um, I think it's probably a, co- a combination of all. Mostly, I think it's concentration. I think the Leeds game, the Leicester game, like that Leicester game. In another timeline, Mate scores that goal, and we hold on for two-one victory. But after that chance, we just seem to panic and we drop deeper and deeper and deeper. And this is the problem in the Leeds game as well. Um, it's these late goals we concede. We drop deeper and deeper. The Ipswich one was weird to me because we just had this, like, it looked like the players didn't really know who was playing where and what. Like, we made some weird subs. And by the time the third goal's gone in, we're all over the place. Like, all over the place. And... It is concentration. I think the Ipswich game, the manager's got to take a bit of bit of responsibility. Maybe just for not being clear about what he wanted. I don't know. But I just thought it wasn't great. Um, but it's a concentration thing. And I think, unfortunately, that when you drop deeper, when you're defending a lead or a, or a draw and you're dropping deep, especially away from home, and you're just going deeper and deeper, one, you encourage the other team, but two, you get so nervous. And if you look at the Leicester winner, I think it comes from like a sliced clearance because the, the defenders are panicking. Whereas for the whole of the game before that, those same defenders had looked quite comfortable and we defended really well against Leicester until that last five minutes. So I think it's a combination of, of concentration and in, encouraging pressure which then encourages nerves when you're hanging on. So I'd like to see us be a bit more controlled in our possession when we're in that, when we're holding on to a draw or a lead, is not drop so deep, control the football a bit more and play our stuff. Don't have to go all out attack, but just play your football, get it in behind for your striker or your wingers to run into and run the channels. Play basics. Protect your, you have your two double pivot. So say if you're protecting a lead, you're going to have Wintle and um, Psyopis in there protecting the defence. Your your wingers have got to one of them's got to drop deep and slot in and become a, like a auxiliary midfielder, and you've got to do that. But don't drop deep. Like keep your line high, and and don't encourage the pressure. Um, right, very quickly, uh, Tommy Tornado are the Jacks relegation material. Yes, they are. Um, Tanner, uh, Will says Tanner was unlikely to be taken off last week, but um, this game needs experienced players. Yeah, I think with Tanner, I think I would be very surprised if he hasn't worked his balls off in training since. But I think for this game, he'd be better off the bench. Um, A1 says this is the biggest problem that Valu will have to fix, and I think he knows this. Yeah, I think so. And I think um, Panzo will make a massive difference to how Cardiff defend. Quality defender who can pass the football, very calm and pressure exactly what we need um yeah Jaden, mate we always drop it's so deep it's we just encourage it and we just come on see if you could score and then we panic um if we defended like we did for the majority of that last game in that last five minutes we had no problem but we just panicked and encouraged it um yeah i said earlier mate um Jaden says that he says they're always get done down the left side prime example qpr overlap after overlap um yeah, I said um, I think Collins has got to come out with the side for a bit. Just, it's it's difficult for him. Ah, A1, you're killing me, man. 
Um, right, last question now. A1 says, quick question, what do you think of Panzo? Um, I think Panzo is exactly what Cardiff City needed. Um, I was asking for uh, Axel Tunzebi, like a, a young, the profile effectively being for me what we needed was a, a young defender who was very good defensively, but could also pass to play the way the manager wants to play. So Jack Simpson's problem was he was very good on the ball, but he could not defend for Toffee and positionally he was atrocious. So he was never going to be able to defend in the championship as a first team player. Panzo um, is quality on the ball. He's calm under pressure, which is a big, big, big thing for me. Like we're talking about conceding late goals is you need like that, that cool, calm, collective um, defender. But I also like how he play, will play the ball through the, through the lines into midfield and he'll be, he's capable. Like, so one of my favourite things about Syopis, apart from his aggression and his work rate, is that he's got a wicked switch ball in him. So he can pick it up. And if there's no short pass on to a Rolls or one of the fullbacks or whatever, he's capable of nailing like a 30, 40 yard pass to the opposite winger. Um, whereas Panzo is a bit more, his passing is a bit more accurate. Like, so he'll fire one into the striker's feet through the lines. Um, he's very capable of it, and he's, I think he's really good. Thought he was very good for Coventry last year. Made thirty odd appearances for him. Um, one thing he needs to probably add to his game is being a bit more aggressive, you know, from attacking corners and situations. Because I think he's capable of maybe scoring a couple of goals. Um, but yeah, um, he's played predominantly as a centre back, uh, Jaden. But I don't know personally. I would play. Romeo and on the right and put NG to the left. But that's you know, that's it. Um guys, I'm gonna call it a day there because we're a bit over time, but I appreciate you massively. Thank you very much for joining me. Please do spread the word about the card of seat show and also and uh you know join us tomorrow. Roger gigs on football, slightly later time than normal, probably about half eight, because I've got um some coaching with my young lads team. Um so Half eight tomorrow, Roger Gigs and Football, where we talk all things football, all the biggest stories of the week. But uh, this was your Cardiff City show. It'll be available for audio download. So if you did miss the start, you can go back to the start of YouTube now once it's finished, or you can go back to the start now and uh, catch the Ipswich breakdown, talking about different things. But um, I appreciate you all. If I can ask you one thing, like, subscribe, drop a comment after the video's finished. That helps us out massively. And like I said before, if you want to become a member, patreon.com slash acepodcastnation. Bag of chips per month is how much it costs, but it keeps the lights on, allows us to record content, go to studios, all that good stuff. Hopefully see you next Wednesday. If I don't see you tomorrow, we are shot. Sports Social Podcast Network.